If you guys want to stand for the reading of God's word, we're in Isaiah. If you want to look in your Bible or follow along on the screen, that'd be great. Isaiah 40, verses 3 through 5. Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. All right, let's get ready. Good morning, everybody. There... I, I, I may have. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Merry Christmas. So you get me this morning. And uh, for those of you who don't know, my name is Willie Register. And, and thanks, y'all. And uh, I'm the next-gen pastor, so I get to hang out with college and young adults and uh, young couples and young families. And it is just a privilege, a privilege, a privilege um, to be here with you guys this morning. <laughs> well, let's just say, I, okay, let me just say this. So, so real quick, I've got, I'm, I'm married and have three kids. My wife is actually not here this morning. She'll be here tonight because she's actually preaching at another church this morning, sharing with another church about refugees. Um, she works with refugees with an organization called World Relief and uh, is just doing amazing work. And she has the kids with her this morning. They'll be here tonight. And uh, let's just say the kids are good, but my oldest decided that she wanted to learn how to make French toast this morning. It's a great day to learn how to make French toast. So my wife, I said, how's it going? She goes, it's really smoky in the house. I'm like, I'm sure that it is. I'm sure that it is. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to just keep encouraging that, especially when I'm not there. No, just kidding. Um, but uh, so every year, my wife and I, we have a love-hate relationship with December. So in October, literally this year in October, my wife, she goes, oh, my gosh. I go, what? And she was, like, kind of panicked. I go, what? She goes, it's almost December. And I'm like, yeah, but it's still October. She's like, no, but it's almost December. And the reason why we have this love-hate relationship with December is December is like the craziest month for our family. My mom, her birthday's December 1st. She turned 75 this year. She won't, she, she's, yeah, she's, she's doing good. My, my younger sister, her birthday's December 11th. My oldest, her birthday's December 13th. My youngest, her birthday is this upcoming Thursday, December 23rd. And then mixed in there, you've got, we've got our staff Christmas parties, carols by candlelight, all kinds of work events. We've got, you know, Christmas Eve service. I mean, it's like, it, it's just crazy. So, so December is one of those months that everything is so busy. There's, there's always something there to, to prep for in the month of December. And, and, and then something that most of us can relate to is the prep leading up to Christmas, right? We're preparing our homes. How many of you guys uh, dream of being Clark Griswold and, and lighting up the neighborhood with your, with your houses? I, I literally, I have to, I have, my wife makes me tone it back. She's like, what Amazon box came today? Because I just, I, I'm like, yes, more lights. Let's do this, you know? Um, so some of us are, are, we're preparing our home, decorating things. Some of us are out buying Christmas presents. And there's so much preparation that goes into all the events of the month. 
And we oftentimes get caught up in the stuff surrounding Christmas, so much so that we lose sight of, of what the season is really about. And this season really is a time for us to prepare the way in our hearts and in our world for the celebration of the birth of Jesus, the true gift of Christmas. So today we're going to look at three gifts, three gifts that will help us all truly experience Christmas. And the first gift is one that you and I get to receive, okay? Who here likes to receive gifts? Let's be honest, right? Some of you are like, I don't like, I, I only like to give. No, you're lying, <laughs> right? The, the receiving of gifts is, is awesome, right? The anticipation of finding out what's inside, it's sometimes more exciting than the gift itself. Every year, I always know, my mom's getting some shout-outs today. Hopefully she's, maybe, maybe this is good she's listening, I don't know. But every year, I always know that my mom, she's going to buy me something that, that she wants me to wear that I'm more than likely am going to take back. Um, and, uh, and, and, and she promised me this year, she's like, I'm not going to get you a sweater. Don't worry, I'm not going to get you a sweater. She always wants me to have like a fancy sweater. I'm like, Mom. I live in San Diego. I'm not wearing fancy sweaters. Like, that just doesn't happen. Um, so, so what my mom does do, though, she buys all of us Christmas jammies. So, I, so, so we all, yes, we all have matching Christmas jammies. But, <laughs> that's so funny. She didn't buy them for the dog, so... Um, my mom is the one, she, I know she looks like my, so my sister has the, Santa, the Christmas tree hat. My mom's right next to her, and she looks like she's in her 40s. She looks like she could be our sister. She's, she's awesome. Um, so the first gift, though, is hands down the best gift that you and I could ever dream of. And gift number one is the gift of life that Jesus gave for you and for me. It's the gift of life that Jesus gave for you and me. And a couple weeks ago, Mark talked about Emmanuel, God with us. You see, God the Father, he gave, he gave the gift of Jesus who came into this world in humility as a little baby. We sing the song, love came down and rescued me. Jesus came down. God came near. God gave his son. John Chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then further along in John 1:14, in the message, I really like this translation, it says, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. I love that. I love that. God put on flesh, and he came and entered into this world just like you and I, in the form of a baby, in humility. Babies have so much need, right? They're helpless apart from, from the help of their parents. They have so much need. And God entered into this world in the same way walked out life here on earth, just like you and I. Yet was without sin. 
He did nothing wrong. And then we see the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16, and we're going to read 3.16 and 17. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus shed his blood on the cross. He paid the price for our sin. And then he didn't stay in the grave. He defeated sin in the grave and rose victoriously. He is alive. And he is extending the free gift of his life to us today. He gave us the greatest gift in order to rescue us from death. What greater gift could we ask for, right? In, in Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, this is the ultimate miracle of Christmas, that God would come near and give his life for us so that we could live. You see, many of us, we carry around that gift, Right? God's like, I'm giving you this gift. And we go, great, I got this gift. Sweet, yeah, I got my gift. This is so good, what's in here? And then God lets us know, hey, this, what's inside there is going to change your life. And some of us, for years, we just walk around holding on to the gift. But we never open it. You see, I grew up in the church, and I, I, I would go to church every Sunday. And I believed in God. I believed in Jesus. But I never surrendered my life to him. I never opened up the gift that God had for me. And I think that there are some of us in here today that are just carrying around this gift. We know that Jesus has, has extended it to us. We know that Jesus has said, hey, I have this gift of life for you. And we're like, okay, cool. And we're sitting in here and, and, and we just are carrying it around and we haven't opened it and experienced all that God has for us. And so right now, I, I, I want to give us an opportunity to open and receive the gift of life that Jesus is offering to you and to me. And so we're going to just take a moment. We're going to pause, and we're going to pray. And if you're in here this, this morning, we're, we're, we're just partway into this message, right? But if you're in here this morning, and, and you are feeling like, you know what, God, I have been carrying around the gift of life for years, some of you, for the entirety of your life. If you feel like, I've been carrying around this gift of life, but I've, I've never opened it. If that's you this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to say, Jesus, today is the day. Today is the day that I want to open up that gift, and I want to experience the life that you have for me. So let's just take a moment. We're just going to pray. Jesus, I thank you so much for the gift of life that you've extended to us. I thank you so much, God that you gave yourself for us. And God, this morning, there are some of us in here who need to not only carry around the gift, but to open it and receive it. And so if you're here this morning with every head bow and, and eyes closed, if you're here this morning and, and it's your time to open up that gift and to receive that gift of life that Jesus has for you, that gift of freedom, the gift of salvation that he has for you, if this is your time, just look up and, and wave a hand at me. I just want to pray for you.
Yeah, God bless you and you. Anyone else? God, thank you for the gift of life. God, we don't want to play church. We want to be your people. God, thank you that you gave your life for us. And God, as we walk through and learn about the next couple gifts, I pray that that you would receive what we have to offer you. Yeah. God bless you. We love you. We pray these things, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. Right on. So, guys, the second gift of Christmas, this is one that you and I actually get to give to Jesus. The second gift of Christmas is our surrendered lives to him. You see, as Jesus extends the gift of life to us, we then get to receive that gift and go, God, you know what? I'm going to surrender my life to you. I'm going to give my life back to you. And when we surrender our lives to Jesus, we begin the journey of transformation and the journey of, of preparing the way or making room for Jesus. We read in Isaiah 40. I'm going to read this again. Isaiah 40, um, verses 3 through 5, it says, Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, Clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Strengthen the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. Who here likes to drive? You don't like to drive? Yes, come on. I love to drive. My, my, I, get, I get motion sickness if I'm a passenger, so I always drive. My wife is like, all right, I'll be the passenger. She kicks her feet up on the dash. I just am like in heaven. I love driving. And I love driving, especially like on freshly paved roads, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? Like when a road is so smooth, I love driving on it. But I typically overlook, uh, what I typically overlook is how those roads got to be there. <laughs> yeah. And that's until I'm stuck in traffic on the five, right? And, and as we know, there's a lot of construction that's taking place on the five right now. So this is a few years back when they started all that construction to widen the five, right? There's so much preparation that goes into uh, building a road, right? So much preparation uh, in order to get a road ready to be driven on. We oftentimes just are like, oh, cool, I'm, I'm on a road. It's great. This is awesome. But the preparation that takes place in order to get to, to a, a, a place of enjoying the road, there's a lot of preparation. And in the same way, there's a lot of preparation that goes into our lives for transformation. And, and what Isaiah says in chapter 40, he says, fill the valleys. One of the things he says is fill the valleys. So, so as he's saying fill the valleys, what are the valleys in our world and in our lives personally? I want you guys to take a moment, just turn to the person next to you, to two or three people around you, and, and, and really share your thoughts on what are the valleys in our road, or sorry, <laughs> what are the valleys in our world and in our lives personally? What do you think are the valleys? So just turn to the person next to you and just share real quick. We'll just take a couple minutes. All right. So let's, let's see. Let me see. Throw up, throw up a hand if you got one. What are, what are some of the valleys? My hand. 
Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is, yeah. <laughs> give, me, give me some thoughts. What, is, what are some of the values? Yeah. Loss of a loved one, yeah. Emotional pain, yeah. What are some of the other valleys? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, loved ones suffering from dementia. What are some other valleys? What was that? Uncertainty, yeah. What else? What else we got? Cancer, yeah. Finances, yeah. Anyone else? Fear, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Loss. Yeah. The valleys in our lives are oftentimes their pain, their inadequacies, their fear, their insecurities, self-doubts, our, our feelings of depression, right? For me, this really hits home. Um, I oftentimes believe a lie that I'm not enough, um, and that lie can be crippling. Um, there are times where uh, during COVID, during kind of the more isolated times of COVID, that I found myself kind of sinking into some fear and some depression. And, and to the point where there were days where I would come home from work and I just would feel like, I mean, as everything, everything was changing, you know, we're having to pivot on, on a dime at, you know, at every turn. And I just felt like I couldn't keep up, like I just wasn't enough. And so I would, there were a, a few days where I would come home and I literally would just be fully clothed, and I would just crawl into the bed, and I'd pull the covers up, and then literally I'd just cry. And I was just feeling like I was just sinking into this, this state of depression. And the valleys, oftentimes they're these things in life that you go down into, and, and you have to somehow figure out how to climb back out of. The valleys, they feel like weakness. But Jesus wants to enter into that space and bring healing and strength. In 2 Corinthians 12.9, it says this, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. You see, our, our weaknesses, those valleys, that's the place when Jesus enters in, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. So Isaiah is saying to, to, Isaiah is saying to fill in the valleys. And I think we fill in those valleys by inviting Jesus into them. He then says, and level the mountains and the hills. So then the next question is, what, what are the mountains and hills in our world and in our lives personally? And so turn back to the two or three people and talk about, give, give your thoughts on, on what are the, the mountains and the hills in our world and personally. Just take a, a minute or so to. <laughs> take a minute or so to. Okay, let's, let's, let's hear it. So throw up, throw up a hand real quick. What are the mountains and the hills in our world and in our lives? Who's got something? Yeah. Busyness. Yeah. Grandchildren. <laughs> That's, yeah, that, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. What else? 
Ah. Uh huh. Unrealistic expectations. What else? Okay, holidays, family unity. Family unity and holidays. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Uh, what was it? Deployments. Mm-hmm. Homeless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else do we got? One more. Anyone else? Anyone back there? Nope. All right. All right. Well, the mountains in our lives. Um, oftentimes, the mountains are kind of our pride, our self-sufficiency. Where the valleys are, are our insecurities, the mountains actually are the things in life that, that, that make us say, I can do it on my own. I got this covered. It, it, it's it's the, the feeling that we don't need God, that we can, we can do it on our own. And the truth is that you and I were created in the image of God, and the good in us was actually given to us by God. So Isaiah is telling us to knock down our mountains. 1 Peter 5.16, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. 1 Peter is telling us to walk in humility, to allow God to knock those mountains down so that we grab a hold of him and we trust him with our lives. Some of us over the course of the last couple of years have actually experienced that where, where maybe in the midst of, of COVID, you, you, before the pandemic hit, you were doing great. Finances were great. Your businesses were great. Your families, everyone's happy. Then, then COVID hits and the, the world kind of collapses. And some of you have actually felt the, the roller coaster of living on the mountaintop, that mountain getting knocked down, going down into the valley, and having to climb back up. Isaiah is, is telling us to make straight, to, to level out that road. He says, next, he's to straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. And the curves and the rough places in our lives, they are oftentimes the ideologies of man. These ideas they may have just enough Jesus in them to seem legit, but they can easily lead us astray. We've seen so many of these ideologies on the left, on the right, on the left, on the right, there you go, from conservatives and liberals, Christians and non-believers. But how do we not fall prey to these ideologies that, that distract us actually from Jesus, that are kind of these curves that take us off course. The way that we don't fall prey to them is that we filter them through the word of God. Hebrews 4.12, it says this, For the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You see, strengthening out the curves and smoothing the rough places is like getting rid of unwanted obstacles. It helps keep us on course. I love reading um, different translations of, of passages, and Psalm 119 is one of my favorites. In the first eight verses of Psalm 119 in the message, it says this, You're blessed when you stay on course. 
walking steadily on the road revealed by God. You're blessed when you follow his directions, doing your best to find him. That's right, you don't go off on your own. You walk straight along the road he set. You, God, prescribed the right way to live. Now you expect us to live it. Oh, that my steps might be steady, keeping to the course you set. Then I'd never have any regrets in comparing my life with your counsel. I thank you for speaking straight from your heart. I learned the pattern of your righteous ways. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Don't ever walk off and leave me. You see, if we're going to make straight the curved places, we have to be a people who submit to the Lord and, and who walk in obedience to the word of God. God's word, is our, that is our roadmap. When, when we let these other things d- distract us, they literally lead us astray. But God's word, it keeps us walking on the straight path, on that straight path. And then the end of that, Isaiah 40, it says this. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed And all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. You see, God's glory is going to be revealed in and through you. And people will see and receive it. You see, this is really great news. When we are transformed people, when God transforms us, then we in turn get to transform our world. You see, our lives will be used for eternal purposes God will use us, but how? And this brings us to our third and final gift of Christmas. And the third gift, gift number three, is intentionally giving our lives away for the sake of others. Our lives in the Lord, oftentimes we hold on to our lives, and we're like, we're like Jesus, I opened up the gift that you gave me. I'm walking in salvation and, and Jesus, I'm letting you transform me, and, and this is great, but I'm just going to keep it all to myself. I'm just going to, this is just, it's just me and you, Jesus. We're so good. Me and Jesus, yes. Ooh, kumbaya, my Lord. Yeah, let's do this, Jesus. But Jesus modeled this, this gift best, the giving of our lives away for the sake of others. You see, Jesus intentionally displaced himself. We used to sing the song, Lord, I lift your name on high. You came from heaven to earth, right? To show the way. Jesus intentionally let go of his life for the sake of others. 1 John 3.16, it says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. How can we lay our lives down for others? I asked my son the other day to talk to his sisters about how they could bless someone this week. And here's what they came up with. So Isaac writes, how can we bless someone this week? Everyone has to come up with two ideas each. <laughs> he's got, he's first grader. He's got good penmanship. Yeah, we got it. So Ember, our youngest, she says, the first thing she says is making sure other people feel at home. The second thing she says is making sure other people even have food. 
Eden, my oldest, says, giving them what they need. And then the second thing she says is helping them feel safe and cared for. See, out of the mouth of babes comes such profound truth. My son, he was like, I'm the scribe, so I don't need to come up with with any. (laughs) But for, for that brief moment, my kids stopped focusing on themselves and started looking outward. And in order for us to intentionally give our lives away, we have to be aware of the need around us. The only way we can be aware of the need around us is if we stop looking here and we start looking up. Randy Justa, who goes here, some of you know Randy. He's been on staff with the Young Life for I don't know how long. He's, he's a legend in, in the Young Life community. And uh, Randy Justa, he says, um, he has a saying. He says, if you're looking up um, to God, you can't be looking down on people. All right? And so... So taking our eyes up from, from, from here and looking up to God and looking around, right? We have to be intentionally aware of what is going on around us. Our next-gen team on Wednesday, or sorry, um, um, we took time a few weeks ago to pray and ask God where our five areas of outward focus would be in this next season. And God highlighted college campuses, military and refugees and immigrants, homeless, and the recovery community. And so this last week, our team um, went on a field trip to Cal State San Marcos. And we decided we just want to go and we just want to pray. And so we went to pray for the campus, hoping that God would show us a glimpse um, of what he's doing there. We wanted to just be intentional about looking outward. And, and we ended up connecting with a military program at the school, that helps transition veterans to college. And we were like, huh, God, you're you're knocking out two birds with one stone. We got the the military and and college campuses. And and we had an amazing time talking with the staff at this organization and asking them, how can we bless you? How can we serve you? Um, No strings attached. What can we do to come alongside and, and bless and serve what you guys are doing? And nothing crazy has happened yet, but we're asking God, again, we're asking him, God, how can we bless and serve this community on Cal State San Marcos' campus. You see, we, we don't have all the answers, but we're trying really hard to look up and see how we can be a gift to those around us. So I want to challenge us as a church. Let's start simple, okay? Your assignment this week, you ready for this? You got some homework, people. I know it's Christmas break, but you got homework, Okay. So your assignment this week is to ask God to show you someone in spiritual, physical, or emotional need around you. So first, ask him. God, show me someone who has spiritual, physical, or emotional need around me. And then ask God, how can I lay down my life, displace myself, get a little uncomfortable, and bless them? simple. Who is in need? How can I lay down my life and bless them? You see, as we come in for a close, I'm going to have the band come out. In the midst of of all the commercialism 
and kind of secularization of, of Christmas. We have the privilege of focusing on the gifts that really matters. And Jesus is the gift who gives life. So you and I have the privilege and opportunity of joining Jesus and bringing his life and his love to the world around us. So let's pray. Jesus, we are so grateful for you. God, we're so grateful for the life that you gave. We're grateful, Jesus, that your life is transformative, that you came to save and set us free. And God, as, as you transform us and we give you the gift of our lives and surrender and you change us and you straighten out the crooked places in our lives, God, I, I pray that, that you would then in turn give us a passion and a desire, God, to give our lives away for the sake of others. God, this year, let us not be a people um, that forget you, Jesus, the ultimate miracle, the ultimate gift that we could possibly ever receive or give. God, let us be a people who experience your life and life to the full. We so love you, Jesus. And we pray these things in your matchless name. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. God bless you guys.